0: Today on the Zabecast, it's Load Management Thursday, all me for a brisk 30-minute run. I'll talk today about why I was wrong about college athletes having no actual name endorsement value. Doesn't mean it's still a good idea. I also talk about Mount Chalk, Paul Feinbaum on thin ice, bad receptionists, and combat juggling? Your bonus 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Thursday, September 19, 2019, thank you for downloading. Today is Thursday, and I'm going to call this Load Management Thursday. You're going to get about 30 minutes of just me on Thursdays. I know, some of you actually said you like just me, and some of you have said, you know, you don't have to go 50, 55 minutes at a pop. Load Management Thursday, a quick 30. I'll try to hit as many things as I can. So buckle up and let's go. First of all, Sunburn Bowl 1 is a go. And I am super excited, humbled, but ready to make this thing the most kick-ass group listener vacation on the planet. And then we're going to build on it from there. We're going to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And by we, I mean myself, young Josh. Uh, Get her staying home, I think. Someone's got to run the board. And then Drew and KB, all from my '97 three, The Game in Milwaukee family. Now, I know you're saying, whoa, wait a minute. I listened to you on 980 in D.C. Hey, Daddy got divorced and he got remarried, and now you got two families. We're a blended family. You're welcome to come if you want, and you don't have to if you don't. Anyway, my point is, you can come on this trip if you do not live in the Milwaukee area. And you're just a Zabe fan. You want to come along? You can do it. Now, logistically, you'll have to contact Brian Hurley at Travel Leaders to figure out how to do that. I haven't talked to him about it, but he said he can accommodate people not from Milwaukee that want to go on the trip. You'll probably have to get a flight, to MKE. But, listen, uh, Southwest does fly out of Reagan National here in D.C. on the regular. A couple of nonstop flights a day. And if you get it, early enough, and I would say in mid-February when we're going, shit, it should be pretty cheap, for another couple hundred bucks, you can then fly to Milwaukee, join us on the charter, and if there's enough people that come on this trip and join us from out of the Milwaukee market, then guess what? I'll do some event like on a Friday night before we all get on the charter plane to go to lovely Puerto Vallarta for Sunburn Bowl number one. It's going to be a hoot. Imagine it like Zabe Vegas on steroids. Now, I've wanted to do a trip like this with our DC station for some time, but it just kind of, you know, we've been passed along and passed from ownership entity to ownership entity so often now uh, with the 980 signal that no group has really gotten it together to say, let's go ahead and do this. Luckily, Brian Hurley and, uh, and his assistant Betsy, Betsy assistant, or partner, I would should say, uh, have done a, a lot of these trips up in the Milwaukee market, and they really know how to do it. They've got it wired, and so we're able to do it with the 97.3 The Game family. But I want to invite everybody who wants to come. You're welcome to come. It's a, it's a fabulous deal, I think, all things considered. You're talking $1,800 a person, all-inclusive, booze, meals, etc., That is uh, per person for double occupancy down in Puerto Vallarta in the middle of February. Right after the Super Bowl is done, we're going down there. And I'm already cooking up sort of football-related contests we can have throughout the week. I've already told Ellen, who's our promotions guru. I said, Ellen, I want T-shirts that have a number on them. Everyone's got to have a number and a name on the back of their T-shirt. Like a football team, right? And then we're like, well, I want number six. Uh, well, that's already taken. Uh, how about how about 11? No, that's taken as well. Ellen said, no, we're going to assign the numbers randomly, and people are going to like them. They get their number 64. I don't like this one at all. So go to thegamemke.com. That's thegamemke.com. Uh, you can also search on my Twitter feed. I'm going to make sure to pin the link to the booking. And if you have any questions or complications with Hey, I'm trying to get a hold of Brian Hurley at Travel Leaders. Uh, How do I do that? Reach out to me, zabeatyahoo.com, and we'll be good to go. So let's start with this. I was wrong. I know I have said before in this debate about allowing players to use their name, image, and likeness rights to make money, that these guys don't have any actual value, that nobody knows who these guys are. And I've said that the only way they can cash in on their so-called nil rights or value is by an end run by boosters to essentially pay the players to come to their school because otherwise their six-figure check to the university's athletic department would go directly to landing hot high school prospect X. Some would argue there's nothing wrong with that. They might as well, instead of... Instead of laundering the money that is going to pay the DeAndre Ayton's of the world to go to a certain school, and I'm just using one example from what we found out from the FBI wiretap case, why not let the players get that money directly by a Trojan horse of, oh yeah, no, uh, we're, we're paying him to appear at our dealership because he's such a popular Georgia bulldog. You know, Hoss Radburn's World of Wheels decides they're going to pay Kendrick Jenkins, inside linebacker out of some mega high school in the state of Georgia who's committed to the Bulldogs, planning to start as a freshman, hot shit young prospect, they're going to pay him to do appearances three times a year at their dealerships. Okay. Is that really going to increase sales? No. But they now have a legal way to pay Kendrick Jenkins, hot shot, freshman inside linebacker. And the process of laundering said money through the university's athletic department that then gets doled out under the table to shady agents, grifters, and middlemen gets cut out. Some would say, what's wrong with that? That's a win. That's the way it should be. It doesn't mean they actually have value from a name, image, and likeness as an endorser. It just means they have value as, hey, this guy's a great inside linebacker. We'd love for him to play here, and we've got the money to essentially pay him. I've always said that would be the number one unintended consequence of allowing NIL rights to be capitalized upon by college players. I was wrong in this regard when I said they've got no actual value to make money off their name, image and likeness because I and what the what the light went off with me when I heard this, apparently there is some kicker at Central Florida who had a YouTube page that was getting pretty popular. And I guess they swooped in and shut that down because, well, he either was making money or had the potential to make money. And they're like, yeah, that's going to make you ineligible. And that's when, ding, the light went off in my head. And I go, oh, yeah, wait a minute. They do have nil value. These college players will be able to make money. And not just make money. Oh, they're going to get free shit like you can't believe if Jay Billis and his ilk get their way. To which you might say, again, what's wrong with that? The coaches get free shit. Everyone else gets free stuff. Why not the players? Let's put that argument to the side for a second. Here's what I see happening. Number one, low-level grifting like you cannot believe. We're talking, of course, YouTube channels. We're, of course, talking about monetizing Instagram and other social media. I can already see certain players on teams hosting parties. This is what happens at the Super Bowl all the time. Hey, come to this party at this bar or whatever. This NFL player is scheduled to appear. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Could be a couple hours late. They probably will get whisked back to a VIP area. You'll never see them, but they can use that name of that person, that NFL player, to advertise a party. The player gets ten grand just for showing up and just for letting them use their name, image, and likeness. That'll go on at a much lesser degree on campus because these guys are big shots and big shits in their small world on campuses, around campuses, in small towns in which the university football team is the end-all, be-all. And here's what's going to make it crazy. They're going to go into grifting and low-level capitalization on this newfound right, if the Jay Billis' of the world get their way, with their friends and with hangers-on and with other college-age kids. And it is going to be a shit show if it ever gets to it. One of the ways that I can see these kids starting to monetize their name, image, and likeness is with pseudo-reality shows and the constant videotaping and pushing of that content via social media. Think Antonio Brown with all of his Facebook Live hits, disrupting the locker room, pissing off Mike Tomlin and the team, times a hundred. I'm also thinking of this, radio appearances. Routinely, radio stations, like mine, pay athletes for appearances. It's a not a huge amount of money, but it's a nice little paper route, and so they agree to do it. Boom. That's going to happen. Can you imagine Nick Saban dealing with a dozen Crimson Tide players who all have radio appearance deals and are all saying this, that, and the other On the radio every week and the media chasing down, wait, well, uh, so-and-so, Tom Jones said that uh, the offense didn't run through him enough last week. He said it on his radio appearance on Tuesday afternoon with, you know, Bill and Jim in the morning. Oh, oh, it'll be glorious. Hell, there was the college kid who just held up a sign saying, I'm out of Bush Light. Send me money via Venmo. He's racked up twenty-seven thousand dollars in counting, of which he's gonna donate, he says, all of it except for the case, except for enough to buy one case of Bush or Bush Light, I forget which one. It's both piss. He's gonna donate it to charity, which is nice. Can you see a situation in which player X uh for team Y says, Hey man, I scored three touchdowns show me some love, here's my Venmo account. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Now, at that point, you go, whoa, 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 you can't just do that. You can't just beg for money. Why not? Does that fall under name, image, and likeness rights? Just saying on Venmo, hey, yeah. like what if, what if he just puts on his Instagram, this player for the Crimson Tide who scored three touchdowns, a picture of himself smiling, holding up his Venmo account, Saying, how'd you like last Saturday, huh? Oh yeah. This low level grifting is gonna go on like crazy. It'll be the Wild West. And it is gonna oh in fact, I'm now actually hoping for this to happen. And you could say, Oh, you're just you're creating scenarios that they they aren't gonna materialize. It's not gonna be that bad. Okay. Try it. Try it and let's see what happens. These college kids are very creative they're thirsty they want fame and they want money and they have tools now in this digital age and social media to really do some and i when i say grifting i mean that in a complimentary way it won't be just for beer money they'll make some good ass money at that level hustling appearances radio shows instant me, you know instagram social media you name it youtube boom bing bang Then college sports will really be fun. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this: My bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games. An excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at MyBookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Speaking of social media, I have got to get Twitter off my phone yet again. It's been on my phone. It's been off my phone. I justify it by saying, well, it's for work. You know, I got to keep up with what's going on. I can be efficient. That's what I say to myself. I can be efficient. I'm sitting at lunch, and I can scroll through my Twitter feed and go, like, 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 okay, cool. Now I've got some material to fill in the gaps of what I'm going to talk about today on the show. I can sit on the crapper, and I can scroll, and I can go, see, I'm I'm actually doing work right now. It's bullshit. It's not more efficient. It's a waste of time. So I got to get it off my phone. That's number one. Secondly, it's sad how social media is infantilizing all of us. And I'm not better than anyone else. I'm just trying my hardest. I'm trying to be aware, and I'm efforting to not be that child on social media. For example, guys that I kind of respected and I thought more of are doing things that have me shaking my head. For example, Chris Mortensen, esteemed veteran NFL reporter, straight-laced guy, cancer survivor, throat cancer I believe it is. Clearly looks like, you know, he he's still struggling getting his weight back, but thank God he beat cancer, good for him he has been tweeting out rat emojis with no explanation whatsoever. Now, he certainly he has the right to tweet that out, but all of these rat emojis, one rat, two rat, three rats, have come within minutes after a piece of NFL news has broken, his colleague at ESPN, Adam Shifty Schefter, has tweeted the details of such, and then about a minute later, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network tweets essentially the same thing. And then here comes the rat emoji. He didn't explain what the rat emojis referred to. He just was like, you know, he just put them out there. could mean anything, right? That's childish. I'm thinking to myself, Mort, Mortimer, Mortimer, Mortimer. Really? I thought you were above all that. What is this doing for you? What what are you caping up on behalf of? Adam Schefter? What are you? Uh, is this some great crime that uh, Rappaport is somehow piggybacking on or riding in the wake of Schefter's news reporting on the NFL? These are all just low-level transactions anyway. Every major big-ass NFL story that occurs, most of the time, all of these insiders are caught completely flat-footed. And I've cited it time time. And time again, sometimes they get a scoop. Schefter had a scoop on Andrew Luck. I'll give him that. He got that story by about eight hours. But otherwise, it's just nothing. So I wonder if Mort looks, you know, like zooms out and goes, what am I doing? Why am I on this child's apparatus tweeting out pictures of rats? Well, you tweet emojis. Yeah, I do. Try to limit them. Sometimes I'll tweet out a gif, too. I try not to get into spats with people. I'm getting better at it. But damn it, I don't want to become a child. Dwayne Haskins tweeted out for the Redskins, sheesh. That's all. Sheesh. This was just minutes after one Daniel Jones was named starting quarterback of the New York Giants. It's funny because it could have meant anything. Sheesh, right? Oh, I just saw... Something I couldn't believe. It had nothing to do with that. Everyone kind of put two and two together and like, oh, okay. Haskins not yet playing. Frustrated. Looks up to New York, sees that now Daniel Jones is in. Doesn't like it or is mystified that he's not playing. Sheesh. Okay, fine. Assuming that's the case, and I am because remember when Daniel Jones was drafted by the Giants, uh, Dwayne Haskins gave out this shrug of visible Shrug of sort of like, okay, whatever, at his draft night party at a bowling alley in Maryland before being taken by the Redskins at 15. I think clearly he has a thing for Daniel Jones, less accomplished player in terms of wins and losses, going ahead of him out of Duke, a nothing burger school in college versus him, Dwayne Haskins, with a spectacular year, but just one year at the... Ohio State University. I wish my quarterback would not do that. I wish that he wasn't on that childish thing called Twitter. I wish I wasn't on it. I I swear to God, I know. But anyway, these are the little things that I wonder about and say, are we all not being infantilized by this crap? There was a traffic snarl in the DMV area today that was unbelievable. Thank God I was not in it. You may have been. Interstate 66, for those who are not from here, is the main artery that goes from the northern Virginia suburbs into the heart of downtown Washington, D.C. It's a legacy highway that has been forcibly expanded wherever they can inside the beltway closest to D.C., but it's been tough sledding because it was a two-lane highway built many, 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 many years ago, before the region blew up into this sprawling market with a tech sector in Virginia with all the server farms and a communications sector on the Maryland side and, of course, old Uncle Sam and what he does downtown. So 66 major artery. It'd be like the carotid artery of the DMV. And the eastbound direction got shut down entirely because someone's truck hit what was called a oh god I can't even remember the name now let me look it up it was uh it, it basically it was a sign a against a Gentry it, it was the aluminum signpost over the highway but this thing it was really high like 20 feet tall and I'm wondering watching the video like what could have hit that thing apparently some vehicle hit it and compromised its structural integrity, and they were worried it was going to fall down on commuters, and so therefore they shut down the entire eastbound direction of I-66. In other words, a Fred Sanford-level heart attack. I have not checked my phone to see how the traffic is flowing now. I'm sure it's still a blood-red spaghetti-tangle mess. So here was my thing, and, and maybe it maybe it wasn't, a truck that hit the top part of it maybe someone swerved off the side of the road and hit where it was mounted into the ground but if it was a truck that just wasn't paying attention and had its like ladder up or something like that and smashed into it and caused this much delay and pain in the ass in the market oh the company that that truck is employed by should be fined a massive amount of money For the inconvenience that they cause to all the commuters stuck in such a nightmare. But of course, will that happen? No. In a perfect world, it would. Okay, let's get some rapid fire ones in here and then let's wrap it up tonight because, you know, it is a load management Thursday. Big football five ways Friday coming your way tomorrow, in case you are a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, I would love it if you were. But no obligation, no pressure. I'm not going to uh, browbeat you, you freeloaders. How dare you? Just kidding. Um, so here's a couple things. Uh, somebody, Miles Burns sent me a video of a chair that you strap to your ass. It's essentially two retractable metal legs That as soon as you start to make a sitting motion, they pop out and hit the ground with their rubber feet and they let you just sit right on these two retractable metal legs. Dumbest fucking idea I think I have ever seen. Bill's Mafia, you know, the ones that like to go through tables and jump off of vans and get completely obliterated in the parking lots. Well, they start them early. Video gone viral of a Bills Mafia fan with a tiny newborn, can't be more than a month old, doing the baby's first table slam. <laughs> a, little, a little dollhouse table on a Bills blanket as the father gently lowers her down, looks like a girl, and through this little makeshift pretend cardboard table. Aw, isn't that cute? TechCrunch.com has a positive review on the iPhone 11. They took it to Disneyland after dark. I haven't read the review yet, but I don't care. I'm in. I'm getting one for sure. Odell Beckham Jr. It looks like that whole watch thing might have been a work after all. What a shocker, right? So the Richard Mille watch he was supposedly wearing uh, for game number two at the Meadowlands against the Jets was a fake. Well, maybe that's... For a reason. He apparently is now endorsing for a company called Daniel Wellington, which offers $99 Chinese-made quartz watches. So he is endorsing, I guess, a knockoff watch company. Brilliant, I suppose. Oh, Paul Feinbaum. Careful, my friend, careful. Feinbaum offered up the other day, and I'm not sure if he was on his radio show or on ESPN television, that Cam Newton was done, he was shot, and that he says he has no sympathy for him because Cam never cared about anybody but himself. Oh, boy. Here we go. The backlash was strong and predictable from other ESPN commentators. And I'm not saying that Feinbaum is right, but it's his opinion. It probably goes back to Cam's college days. I would imagine that Feinbaum knows a lot more about Cam Newton at Auburn than the average person. It is an established fact that Cam Newton was kicked out of Florida for stealing a laptop, and it was pretty well established, although not proven in a court of law, that Cam and his father took a large chunk of money uh, in college, not even to go to Auburn, but they took that money, I think, from Mississippi State, if I recall, and then said, now we're actually going to go over here to Auburn. And then, of course, there was... Some incidents as a pro, you know, he didn't want to jump on the fumble in the Super Bowl. I think it's a bit much to say Cam never cared about anybody but Cam Newton. Of course, people are pointing to his charitable efforts and visiting kids in the hospital. And that's a pretty strong argument. Although you can do all those things and still not care about doing all those other things. All I know is that Paul Feinbaum is now on very thin ice at ESPN, where they do not tolerate independent and or counter-narrative opinions on star players. Gardner Minshew has been offered a million-dollar endorsement deal from Cam Soda. Oh, good, I'll, I'll take it. Oh, no, Cam Soda, that's a adult porn cam site. They want him to lead a weekly exercise class for Cam Soda Fit. Not sure if he has to be naked or not. (laughs) There's a sport I cannot believe is real, but it looks awesome. Ever heard of combat juggling? Yeah, you heard me right. Combat juggling. The video I'm watching is spectacular. It's of guys juggling those kind of bowling pin type juggling batons, whatever, and running around in an enclosed area on what looks like wrestling mats, while juggling they are allowed to hit other jugglers with anything with a baton in their hand they are allowed to try to break up other guys juggling routine throw their pins at people i don't even know what the rules are but i'm in i'm in baby will the patriots or the cowboys mount mount or will they summit mount chalk there have been seven NFL teams of 20 point or more favorite. Or there have been seven teams since 1987. Seven teams since 1987 have been 20 point or greater favorites in the NFL. So far, they are 0 for 7 in covering that 20 plus spread. This, according to Jason Logan on Twitter, I don't know how good his research is, but I. We'll take it as gospel. Both the Cowboys at home against the Dolphins and the Patriots at home against the Jets with Luke Falk at quarterback making his first NFL start are 23, 23 point favorites. We'll see what Mr. X has to say about twin 23 point favorites in the NFL and whether or not he would lay them. Last week, he did recommend Patriots minus 19 and a half and they covered easily 43 to nothing. So... We'll see where that one goes. Sam Darnold is apparently trying to get his weight back after having mono. Says he's feeling a lot better and that he is eating all the snacks that he can. That reminds me of the great Rex Ryan who once said on Hard Knocks, "Now let's go. Now let's go get a fucking snack." Sam Darnold eating snacks. Somebody took a graphic I think they used on the Monday Night Football broadcast which had, you know, Sam Darnold looking all tough in his Jets jersey, no helmet on says Sam Darnold on the left. On the right, it says, fucking ripping all the snacks. (laughs) Very funny. Colin Kaepernick's agent says he wants to play and that the agent has contacted the Steelers, the Jets, and the Saints. No word back as of now. I think it's obviously clear he has been both blackballed from the league, but we don't know if he also doesn't really want to play in the league. He may be playing coy with teams, he might, if he were to get a decent offer, like, hey, Cam, or hey, hey Colin, 2.5 mil, prorated, one-year deal, come on in, we could use you. He might look at that and go, now, his agent may be reaching out to these teams, they might be saying, well, yeah, we could probably, we know there's going to be a huge amount of media with this and a bit of a distraction, but we need a guy. Is your guy in shape? Okay, yeah, what does he want? He wants $10 million for two years, $20 million guaranteed. No, get the fuck out of here. See, we don't know those conversations going on. I do think, though, the league has essentially said no. We're, we're done with Colin Kaepernick as a player. The only question I have is how serious are his efforts to get back into the league? What a night it was for the siblings and the spawn of former major leaguers. Craig Biggio's son, Kavan Biggio, or Kavan Biggio, hit for the cycle. It's only the second father-son duo to hit for the cycle in MLB history. Uh, The other ones were Gary Ward Jr. and I guess Daryl Ward, or Gary Ward and Daryl Ward. You've got a couple of guys that could replicate it, like um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., as well as Dante Bichette's son, Bo Bichette. And of course, Mike Yastrzemski, the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski, hit a home run at Fenway Park. First home run by a Yastrzemski in Fenway in something like 40 years. <laughs> then there's this from Jay Gruden, and I'll put a rap on it. Vanilla. Your word of the day. Vanilla. That's what Jay Gruden used to describe the style of defense that his team is playing right now. Said Gruden, the pass rush is not there. He then says, when we do get the pass rush, we're not tight enough in coverage. It's a combination, really. I'm not blaming the pass rush. I'm not blaming the coverage. We might have to get some more exotic looks to make the quarterback hold the ball a little longer to get home with the pressure. He went on to say, and this is the key word, vanilla is the word Gruden used to describe the current coverage schemes by the Redskins said part of the reason was they got a lot of young guys back there and they're afraid of making big mistakes, so they don't want to make it too complicated. Okay. Why is vanilla an important and key word? Because once upon a time, Mike Nolan, then the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins and Dan Snyder's first year of ownership back in 1999 with a defense that was not very good, reported to work, according to legend, and I believe it's true, reported to work with a gallon, a vanilla ice cream sitting on his desk at Redskin Park, melted, dripping all over the place. With a note from Daniel M. Snyder, new hard-charging owner of the Redskins of, I don't like vanilla. Wonder if Jay Gruden said vanilla on purpose to try to get Snyder to go crazy. Is Jay Gruden trying to get fired? All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you very much for subscribing and listening, as always. It's a load management Thursday. I didn't do a whole lot of tight prep work for this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it anyway. Tomorrow, football, five ways Friday. We're going to light it up week three. Winners, fantasy advice, the nuggets, the stats. There's a lot of interesting stuff. The Saints are going to use both Taysom Hill and and Teddy Bridgewater, it's been years since the NFL team has openly said we're playing two quarterbacks and Sean Payton has said, we're going to do it. We got rookie starting in Daniel Jones. Luke Falk is going to try to go a couple of monster spreads, huge college football weekend with Michigan at Wisconsin at high noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central time. So football five ways Friday comes your way tomorrow. my subscribers and I thank you very much for doing it. Have a great Thursday everybody and we will see you next time.